Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Tuesday evening. Pray you had a wonderful day today. It's good to be back together once again. If you're new to the program, you are watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you watch me tonight, all throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea and from border to border, thank you for tuning in. Friends in other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. And when you go to check us out, please don't be shocked. There's no advertising on the website. There's nothing, no, none of these... Jumping out ads going to pop up and spin and, you know, freeze up your computer. We don't do any of that nonsense. No books to buy, no trinkets to buy, no trips to take, no cruises, no conferences. Just 24 plus years of great ministry content. Literally thousands upon thousands of hours in a very easy to navigate website, all available for free. So check us out, liveprayer.com. So I pray you had a good day today as we are... You know, starting to get our legs underneath us as we're getting into uh, 2024. Got some really blockbuster stuff tonight. And if you watch this show, you don't hear that word out of my mouth very often, blockbuster. But uh, what I'm about to tell you, once we pray and we start tonight, The very first thing I'm going to tell you about is something that only God could have orchestrated. Now, for those of you who watch the program regularly, and if you don't, you should, especially this year. But if you've been watching the program, I've been telling you now for about eight months that one weekend I was praying and God, in the midst of all the craziness and, you know, felt like a thousand plates were spinning at once. You know, God said, hey, 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 all's going to be okay. Now, he didn't tell me how he's going to make it okay or what okay is, okay? (laughs) But uh, we're going to start tonight with something so powerful that, once again, it's something only God could orchestrate. Now, for again, those who've been with me for a while, one of the things that from time to time uh, I share with you is that throughout God's word, there are many places in many different ways that says the same thing. Basically, what man does, the evil man does in the dark, God will bring to the light of day. Now, like I said, there's probably about eight or nine scriptures that make that same claim, not in those various words, but it's the same concept that the the things that men do in the dark god will show by the light of day and boy the very first topic tonight is the epitome of that and it's something only god could do so 
Anyway, four things real quick I should do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for doing that. Second, uh, share the daily devotion with people you know. Encourage them to sign up. It's free, like everything at Live Prayer. I've written it every morning for going on 25 years now. All they have to do is go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link, and a couple pieces of basic information. They'll start getting it in their email each morning. Again, all for free. There's the TV program. This, if you have people that really care about this country, that love the Lord, um, I've told you this many times. The church, believe it or not, is some of the most uninformed people on the planet. And I get it. People got busy lives, and they, you know, they put their head down, and they're raising their kids, and they're working their jobs, and you know, just living life, and they just try to tune out the rest of the world. That sounds good in concept. But the fact is, you know, we live in this world. We're of this world. And we need to understand what's going on around us. At least to have an understanding of what's happening and just as important why it's happening. Okay? So encouraging people, you know, watch the program. Third, or last of all, of course, is if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please pray about supporting us. Uh, I don't play games with money. I don't do love gifts. I don't, you know, again, we don't sell things. We don't, you know, take people on trips. I mean, and, and God bless the people that do. And I understand a lot of people get benefit from that. And I'm not knocking that in any way. We just roll up our sleeves and we are literally pounding it 24-7 because my time is best spent on the internet because I can reach more people every day on the internet than I can ever reach in a million years of tours and all the other stuff. So we're, we're focused on not just bringing God's truth into the marketplace to the masses, but obviously being here to minister to the approximately 40-some thousand people that email us each day for prayer. And we've got a great team we've assembled over all these years of a little over 700 retired pastors work with us. And uh, that ensures every email is read, prayed over, and responded to. Something nobody on this scale does and never has. We've been doing it for decades now. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful night. Thank you for this wonderful day that you bless us with. All of your blessings we've enjoyed throughout the day. Thank you for my friends who've joined me tonight. I lift them up, their families and their needs. Lord, we're so grateful for this time together. We don't ever want to take this hour for granted. And I pray now in the name of Jesus that you will shed your blessings upon this program tonight. Minister to the hearts of the people who are with us tonight. Meet their needs and open the hearts of those who need to know the love of Jesus. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. By the way, if you do want to support the work here at Live Prayer, uh, go to my homepage again, upper right-hand corner. There's a donation link. It gives you our address in Florida if you want to drop a check in the mail, as well as a link to a credit card portal if that's more convenient. And you also have the option at that credit card portal of uh, making your gift reoccurring. In other words, it'll come out once a month. And uh, we need as many of those people as we can get in this year because... This is going to be a challenging year, I can tell you already. All right, let me start tonight with something that, again, only God could orchestrate. Now, probably the most complicated legal case 
that has been brought against Donald Trump is out of Fulton County, Georgia. Soros-backed District Attorney Fonnie Willis, okay? She's the darling of MSNBC and CNN and all the corporate media. She's going to take down Trump. Now, she has charged Donald Trump in a RICO case, which is basically a racketeering uh, statute meant for mobsters. And the crux of the case is pretty much like Jack Smith's federal case because Donald Trump had the audacity to question the results of the 2020 election. But she turned this into a massive RICO case, racketeering case, where she could strip people of all their money and everything else and indicted 20 people in totality. Trump in 19. All right? The fact is, it is a very complicated case. And I am not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to... I'm. Anybody watches this program, there's not a racist bone in my body. I believe in one race, the human race, because that's the only race God ever authored, okay? Fanny Willis isn't smart. I'm just sorry she's not. And this is a very complex legal case. And, of course... She's got a bunch of prosecutors in her office. It was uh, shared early on in the bringing of the case that she was working with some very high-powered prosecutors from the Department of Justice. In other words, this just wasn't some lowly uh, DA in Fulton County, Georgia. I mean, this was a major operation with a lot of firepower from the Department of Justice behind it. Okay, that was never a question. Again, very complex case. And to be honest, it was as flimsy as you can get on the fact that, again, their basic, the basis of the case is Donald Trump's claims and questioning of the 2020 election, which he has every right to do. Anyway, so they filed the indictments, Don't forget, this was the one case that Trump got hit with that he had to go in and and give his mugshot. Remember that? The New York case, they they didn't make him do it. The the D.C. federal cases, those two didn't make him do it. Fonnie Lewis says he's no different than any other criminal and he will have a mugshot, which... If you were watching the program back as these days were unfolding, I told you these people are the most stupid people in the world. That that will be the most iconic picture, the most iconic mugshot in the history of mugshots, and it has proven to be all that. I don't know how many millions Trump has made off of that mugshot. (laughs) I mean... I've always told you, these people just don't know when to stop. They always go too far. Something else I've told you many times. Donald Trump has been blessed with the, with, with, with the best enemies. At the end of the day, he's been blessed with the best enemies anybody could have. And oh, is that true here? One of the 19 people indicted with Trump 
filed court papers the other night. It turns out Fonnie Willis, the district attorney, had hired an outside prosecutor outside her, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office to basically lead this case. Now, that's not uncommon. Uh, district attorneys will often hire outside counsel, especially in something this complex. Here's the problem, though. The man that she hired, the law firm, the man's law firm that she hired, he's never tried a RICO case. Matter of fact, he's never prosecuted anybody. His law firm. I don't know whether they do jaywalking tickets or what they do, but they certainly don't do these type of cases. He has zero, zero history of ever prosecuting anything remotely close to this. And like I told you, very complex case. It also turns out that over the last couple years, in the lead up to the indictments and since the indictments, as this law firm has been working under the auspices of the DA in Fulton County, uh, Fulton County has paid his law firm $654,000 and counting. Oh, but it, that, that, we're just starting. We're just starting. Turns out this married man has been having an affair with, wait for it, Fawny Willis. Oh, yep. Yep. She's paid 654 grand and counting and hired this outside prosecutor who's never prosecuted anything remotely like this. And she's been having an affair with the guy to the point it broke up his marriage. Oh, but it gets even better. We now know from records that he's been whining and dining funny all over the country. Napa Valley vacation, took a couple cruises to the Caribbean, Florida vacations. In other words, all this money she, she's authorized to pay his firm, you know, she's been the benefit of a lot of that money in the uh, living the good life. Oh, but it's not over yet. The fact is, before Fonnie Willis could legally even hire this outside firm, she had to get uh, approval from the Fulton County Board of Commissioners or so, some sort of a board, which, of course, she didn't do. So she's already got legal problems for not getting authorization for this. But it's not over yet. This lawyer, there's a lot of other words, a lot of other words I could use, but this lawyer, let's just leave it there, in building the Fulton County to, you know, you know, build up this 654 grand, two of his billing entries, one in November of 22 and one in March of 23, two of those entries were for his time meeting with, ready for this? The White House counsel of Joe Biden. You know, as salacious, you know, as lost as you can get in all the sex and the trips and the money and everything. Oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you what the real story here is. 
This is proof, document proof, by this lawyer's own documentation that they've been coordinating this whole thing pre-indictment, post-indictment with the White House Counsel's Office, Joe Biden's White House Counsel's Office. I've been telling you all along, the Department of Justice and to, and, and to that and to that end, the Biden White House has coordinated all of these lawfare attacks on Trump. Alvin Bragg, don't forget the DOJ sent one of its top prosecutors to work in Alvin Bragg's office to bring that nonsense, okay? Then you've got the two, of course, the two federal cases. And then, of course, you've got this Atlanta case. And we now have proof, something that we've assumed all along, but we now have proof all of this has been coordinated by Biden's White House counsel's office. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. Now, obviously, not only is Fonnie Willis and probably this lawyer to some extent in a lot of trouble, but uh, this could easily be the end of this entire indictment. This whole thing might get tossed. I mean, you're talking about conflict of interest. You've got uh, interference, election interference. You can make that case easy now that you have the documented nexus between the White House Counsel's Office and Fonnie Willis's office, okay? I mean, you've got a whole host of issues here that my gut is this whole thing is, is gone. My gut is Fonnie Willis is going to be gone when it's all said and done too. But the case, the RICO case in Fulton County, as I sit here tonight, and I may be wrong, and if I am, I'll be the first to it. My gut tonight, it's kaputs. It's done. It was a weak case to begin with. And when, when, the, when the dust settles on this whole scandal, that case is going to go bye-bye. But thanks for the bug shot, Fonny. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up, folks. You cannot make this. And you see, you see what I'm saying when I tell you, you know, some of these things only God could orchestrate. God knew these two, these, these two people were having a clandestine affair, that the guy was cheating on his wife, that Fonny is a homewrecker. You know, God knew that she was paying him. Tons of money that wasn't authorized by Fulton County. God knew they were going on these, you know, vacations. I'm sure they were laughing and having a good time. Food was food was uh, good. The drinks were flowing. And God also knew that they were coordinating all this with the White House. Like I told you, I go back to one of the things I said earlier. And, and again, this is not, I'm not being mean. I'm just being this was a complex case that, you know, only your best lawyers would even begin to tackle, especially when you had 19 people in the same case. Very complicated. It was already going to be a complicated nightmare for a very experienced trial attorney. Well, the very experienced trial attorneys, the people that put this whole thing together, we're in Fulton County. They were in the White House. 
<laughs> oh, thank, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you. Keep exposing the evil that these people do. And that's exactly what it is. It's evil. Unbelievable. By the way, the first, uh, over the weekend and Monday, there was all this media coverage of, you know, oh, Trump's connected to Epstein and they've got a sex tape of Trump. Even the New York Post, which, don't forget, is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch hates Trump, does not want Trump to be president. Even Rupert Murdoch's New York Post was running with this bald-faced lie. Well, today, the bald-faced lie exploded into a million pieces because the person who supposedly gave the testimony said, no, this is not true. Trump never had, he was never on Lolita, on the, on the, on the Pedo Island. He was never involved with any of these girls. Not, never, ever, ever. So another pure lie from the pits of hell is put to bed. But see, that doesn't stop these media hacks from running with it. By the way, say a prayer for the uh, for Melania's family today. Really, the whole Trump family. Her mother passed away tonight. You know, people, again, this is how sick and mean people are. Melania's pretty much been out of the picture for the last year. And, of course, you know, the media, oh, she's going to divorce Trump, and, you know, she hates him, and she doesn't want anything to do with him, and she doesn't want him running again, and blah, blah, and she's not going to have anything to do with this, and blah, 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 and uh, prenup this, prenup. She's been taking care of a dying mother for the last year. That's where Melania's been. You know, you sick people, man. Sick, sick people. Your mother passed away tonight, so remember that family. Uh, next Monday is the Iowa caucuses. And I will sit here tonight and tell you without any hesitation. And of course, nobody knows till it happens. I get it. Trump is going to romp on Monday night. Uh, Monday night will not only be a massive victory for Trump in Iowa, but it will be the final nail in the coffin of Governor Ron DeSantis. Okay? His campaign is on life support. Uh, all indications in turn, his super PAC is pretty much done. He's out of money. Don't forget, I told you, people never stop running for president. They just run out of money. DeSantis is done. And from all indications, he's going to officially announce his, uh, the end of his candidacy on Tuesday. And then uh, supposedly he's going to begrudgingly endorse Trump. We'll see how that plays out. But DeSantis is done as of Monday night. Nikki Haley, I don't know where she's getting up Monday night. It's not going to be good, though. Trump is going to absolutely destroy them. He's back in Iowa this Saturday and Sunday for a bunch of rallies, and then he's going to stay through Monday for the caucus. Now, Monday, the weather in Iowa is supposed to be, I've heard, three to four below zero, which is going to be about... 13 below zero wind chill. Uh, they've been having lots of snow there. I mean, you know, to go get out on a, on a Monday night at 7 o'clock and go caucus for two or three hours, that's a commitment. That's a commitment. But uh, it, uh, it seems pretty clear that Trump has got a ground game that is going to meet the, meet the moment 
and uh, start this whole ball rolling towards the official nomination. And then uh, a couple, about 10 days later, they'll be in uh, New Hampshire for those primaries there. Uh, I don't know what Vivek's going to do. I mean, we'll see. It, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, the margin, Trump's margin of victory on Monday night is going to be so big. Number one, again, DeSantis is going to be done. Uh, Krispy Kreme didn't even go there to even try. So, I mean, he's not going to get any anything out of Iowa. Ada Hutchinson, I don't even know why he's still there. Okay, he's just, you know, a, an afterthought. Uh, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how Vivek does. Uh, but then the, the, the two behind Trump, way behind Trump, will be DeSantis and Haley. And we'll just see what they do. But from all indications, um, uh, Monday night starts the roll to the nomination. And, and to be honest with you, after Monday, then it goes to New Hampshire. Trump's got a commanding lead there by 25-some points. You know, I know the media, oh, Nikki Haley's surging. Man, she's not surging. She's still 25, 30 points behind. And uh, so that's that that Monday night starts it, but uh, and and don't forget too Monday's a holiday. Just in case you didn't know, it's Martin Luther King Day, so you know all the federal stuff is closed on Monday. So uh, that's that. Uh, let me clean up a few other things here on Trump from last night. Uh, the Dems. Here's another thing they pulled out over the weekend again. They just throw the stuff against the wall like spaghetti to see what will stick. That The Democrats in the House Oversight Committee, they had this report that Trump made $7.8 million from foreigners during his presidency. He needs to be convicted of the emollients clause. First of all, for the record, uh, that, that uh, nasty cockroach lawyer, Norm Eisen, with crew, He's already sued Trump three times on emoluments charges, lost everyone, okay? Emoluments is when you enrich yourself while you're in office, okay? Now, here's the, here's the problem. Donald Trump has had hotels and, and properties around the world for 40 years. And you know what? If somebody wants to stay in one of his hotels, guess what? They have to pay for the room. And if they eat food there, they got to pay for the food. If they have drinks, they got to pay for the drinks. I mean, this isn't some kind of a scammy cooked up after he's in president. These things were there long before. Now, here's what they don't tell you. Just so everything was above board, what the Trump Organization did, any foreign uh, countries that stayed at any of his properties, you know, obviously, you know, ate and drank there, whatever. After the hard cost of the room and the food and the booth, whatever profits were, every six months, Eric Trump wrote a check to the United States Treasury for those profits. So Trump didn't make a dime off of this stuff. But that's not what the media tells you. They are so dishonest. I mean, it is, it, it is disgusting how dishonest they are. So, the, see, here's, here's the difference. Donald Trump, for 40, 
some years has had real businesses all over the world. What business has Joe Biden ever had? He's only had one. Selling his office because he's a corrupt politician. That's his only business. He doesn't have properties. He doesn't have hotels. He doesn't have restaurants. He doesn't have golf courses. He's got nothing. Nothing but his but nothing but his name that he's been selling for 50 years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um Joe Biden, speaking of the media, it now turns out that Joe Biden and his top aides had a off-the-record private meeting with all the major corporate media outlets. My guess is Fox wasn't there, but I don't know that. But all the CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, ABC... Uh, Washington Post, they were all there. And the purpose of the meeting, the, the White House called the meeting, they were basically berating the media for not doing a better job of covering his administration. The reason his poll numbers are so bad is because the media isn't giving them enough credit. Are you kidding me? Without the media, Joe Biden wouldn't be president today. And every single day, all they do is lie for this administration. Give me a break. But they beat the press up and down saying, you got to do a better job of reporting all the good we're doing. Yeah, that, that all the good they're doing. That's why Joe Biden gave his little Valley Forge speech last Friday, Mother AME yesterday in South Carolina, and the whole, both of them were nothing but Trump's bad, Trump's bad, mag extremists going to destroy the country, Trump is Hitler, but nothing about the economy, because he can't. Obviously can't talk about immigration, because he can't. Can't talk about crime, because he can't. Obviously nothing about foreign policy, because he can't. He's got nothing to run on, other than to try to fear monger and scare, and it's not working. But he's sitting there beating the press up for not doing a better job of lying for him. And they want he they, they want the press to be more aggressive going after that that Hitler-esque Donald Trump. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean you talk about some 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 uh, let me use another word, hubris. I was gonna use another word, but you want to talk about some hubris. I mean, the media put him in office. They were his campaign. They're going to be his campaign again. Yeah, he beat them up that they weren't doing a good enough job of promoting his administration, all the good things they've been doing. That's because there are no good things. And they want them to be, they want him to be more harsh on Trump. How much harsh on Trump do you want to be? They lie about him 24-7. What else do you want him to do? This out there, folks, I'm telling you. This is how desperate these people are getting. Trust me. Speaking of the media, remember almost probably three years ago, early in the Biden administration, I saw a scam they were running 
every month, and I alerted you to it. The scam was when they come out with these key economic numbers like unemployment and CPI and whatever, all the major economic numbers that come out once a month, right? I told you the scam was they announced an incredible number. And the, and the media, of course, rushes to put it all out there and how great it's all, all is. But the scam was the next month when they have the next great number, they revise the previous month's number. Now, that's always been done. That's nothing new. But the revisions are usually minuscule. They don't make it. Not in Biden's case. And now, last week, even the media had to admit that they've been getting duped every month. Oh, you think? Because they had to find the report that these revisions, these monthly revisions, they're all in a direction that makes the previous number not look so good anymore because it never was good. They just lied. And then they catch it up in the revision. When, of course, who pays? Probably, and I'm just being honest, no, nobody's fault, unless you're somebody that really follows the economy, probably most people in this audience is 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 educated as you are. You probably don't really pay attention to the monthly revisions, nor should you. I mean, again, you got that's kind of in the weeds. I mean, you got to be really somebody that really pays attention to the economy to even think about the revisions. But that's a scam. And I told you three years ago, I saw it the first couple of months. I waited a couple of months to see if they kept doing it. And they did. And I told you about it. Now the media now the media is finally having to admit that they've been getting duped every single month. Every single month. <laughs> I mean, nothing these people do is honest. You know, as long as we're talking about honesty, let's talk about Lloyd Austin. Now we find out after all the hoopla yesterday that on December 22nd, Lloyd Austin went to Walter Reed for uh, prostate surgery. He's got prostate cancer and surgery. He was there a day, went home. Uh, a week later, he had to go back because he had an infection, which, you know, is kind of common when people have surgery. You know, that happened all the time, but it's not uncommon for people to, that have had a surgery to get some infection, have to go back. And he's still there now. And, of course, now they want everybody to feel sorry for him because he's got cancer. Listen. I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I, I, I pray for Lloyd Austin. I pray that he gets healed from his cancer. He still needs to be fired, though. What he did is it's not only unacceptable, it's illegal. If somebody down the ranks of, of, of the Secretary of Defense had done what he did, they would be gone. Five seconds. Wouldn't even be a question. Got cancer? We'll pray for you, but pack your stuff. You're gone. And they got Kirby out there today at the White House press briefing with the audacity of acting like, well, they're going to do better. Do better. Do you know during the time that he was in in, in uh, World Reed when people didn't know where he was? Apparently didn't even miss him because nobody asked where he was. But our, our, our troops in uh, Iraq, our ships in the Red Sea, were attacked a total of eight times. We're in war. Well, you want to admit it, we're at war. We got the Ukraine situation that's, you know, still ongoing. You've got the war in Israel, which we're 
very actively involved in, in many different ways. He's a Secretary of Defense. He's in the chain of command, not just for all the defense uh, decisions, but he's also in the chain of command when it comes to the nuclear codes. And he didn't tell anybody he was in the hospital, out of, out of touch with everybody for four or five days. They say, well, even Joe Biden didn't know where he was. Well, you know what? That's not a very convincing statement because Joe Biden didn't even know where he is 90% of the time. So give me a break with that. And then the Canadian truckers. Remember the Canadian truckers over a year ago that were uh, protesting the tyranny for the COVID mandates that uh, Justin Castro Trudeau uh, was putting on the Canadian people. Remember that? Uh, they blocked the traffic. Uh, it was, and again, back in, the, back in my old life running from the Lord, uh, for several years I had you know, offices of my, of my marketing company in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. Okay, so spent, a, you know, spent enough time up in Canada. Canadian people are very nice people. They really are. They're not confrontational. Uh, they're not people to get angry. They're not protesters, okay? They're very, they're very nice people, okay? But, you know, these truckers, they had enough. They had enough. And, what, and do you remember how the government, the Canadian government came down on them? They took their trucks. They started putting people in jail. They took their bank accounts. I mean, they really were hurting people. I mean, they, they, they used the power of the government to really come down on those people protesting. You remember that, right? Well, listen to the, this contrast. They've got those Hamas protesters up in Canada just like they do down here, right? Apparently, there was a big group of Hamas protesters over the weekend blocking a bridge that went to a Jewish neighborhood, Okay just like they're blocking bridges here and stuff, right? They were blocking a bridge going to a Jewish neighborhood. You have the Toronto police officers actually delivering these protesters hot coffee in the evening. Put the, put the truckers in jail, took their trucks, took their money out of their bank account, tried to ruin their lives, Yet if you're a Hamas protester, cops are going to act like waiters at Starbucks and bring you some coffee. Isn't that nice? By the way, Trump was in D.C. today. He personally attended the hearing on his uh, immunity claims on uh, the January 6th case that was being heard at the District Court of Appeals today. And he physically showed up in D.C. and sat in on those on those arguments. And apparently, there was a bunch of journalisms, as are all journalists as there always is wherever Trump goes, that were outside the courthouse. And I guess on a hot mic, there were a couple journalists caught joking. That's too bad when Trump pulls up to the courthouse; he's not in a uh, convertible like John Kennedy so somebody could get a good shot at him. That's not funny. It's not something to be joking about. 
But that's that's where these people are at. They are now la- they are now laughing about the possibility of Trump getting assassinated. And obviously, they're thinking about it because they're talking about it. Uh, Again, I know some people get a little irritated when I talk about what happened on The View. And I get it. I don't like watching clips of The View. I don't like watching MSNBC. I don't like watching CNN. I don't like watching any of it. Matter of fact, I... I usually have to go jump in the shower after I watch that stuff because it's so nasty. But listen, millions of people watch The View. Whether you like it or not, they do. Most of them are women. Women vote. Women vote in greater numbers than men, in greater percentages than men. Those nasty women on The View today were basically saying that poor people need to shut up, quit complaining about inflation, Quit complaining about how much gas costs. Quit complaining they can't pay their bill because you're making Joe Biden look bad and if Joe Biden loses, Trump's going to put you in camps. That's what they said. They said, they said, you know, you people need to quit whining and complaining about the economy, about inflation, about how much your gas costs. Shut up, you're making Joe Biden look bad. And if Joe Biden loses and Donald Trump gets in office, he's going to put you in camps. Now, it's very easy when you're sitting there and you're worth millions of dollars to tell people that are living paycheck to paycheck to quit whining and kvetching about the cost of eggs and the cost of gas. But that's how out of touch these people are. And they and that that's how they view the average person. You're just a plebe. You know, shut up. You're making Joe look bad. Joe looks bad because he is bad. Don't 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 take it out on the people that are being having their lives beat up. Can I tell you something? Think about this for a second. You know, there's a saying out there. Stolen elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Can I tell you something? And just just listen to this for a second. If, If Donald Trump had not had 2020 elections stolen from him, right? Think about this for a second. And he was still president. We would have no border border problem. We would not have 10 million illegals in this country. We would not have another probably a million or so gotaways in this country. And it's not just the fact they're here. Here, I got this. I got this a little later. Listen. There's an illegal in Colorado. DUI. He was deported four times. DUI. Killed a Colorado mother and her son. I could sit here every night and just read you stories about rapes and murders, DUIs. What have I always told you? Their favorite crimes are DUI and sexual assault. And a lot of that sexual assault is on children. 
That's the illegal's favorite crimes. I could sit here every night and just read you for an hour. Those every day. Those are real lies. It's not just the fact that Biden's let 10 million people in this country who wouldn't be here if Trump was here, but how many people are going to die, have their lives destroyed because of those people are here? Think about that. How many more people are going to die of fentanyl because of that open border? See, they always want to talk about immigration in this in this uh in this position, in, 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 in this concept of, oh, these poor people, we got to live. They never talk about the consequences of these illegals being here. Okay? But that's not all. Look at all the people who have, who have suffered economic hardships and have had their, their personal economies ruined over the last three years. That wouldn't have happened if Trump was president. That didn't have to happen. And it wouldn't have happened if that election wasn't stolen. Stolen elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. I don't know what the total number of dead in Ukraine is going to be, but when it's all done, none of those people, all those people would still be alive if Donald Trump was president. All the people in Gaza, all the people in Israel, that have been killed in the last few months, they would all still be alive if Donald Trump is president. All the potential uh, back and forth right now in Iraq, the Red Sea, the Houthis in Yemen, all that, that could explode into World War III with, with Iran, because they're, they, they're, they've pretty much got a nuke now. That never would have happened if Donald Trump... Look at the, look at the difference this world would be in if that election was not stolen. That's the way you need to look at this stuff. It's not about who's running the country. It's about what are the consequences of who's running the country versus the, those consequences would not have been not, would not have existed if that election had not been stolen. Speaking of uh, Ukraine. Apparently, there's been kind of quiet negotiations going on for a couple months now to try to bring it into this thing, which it never should have started to begin with. It was never going to accomplish what our CIA and State Department, Victoria Newland, wanted to wanted to accomplish when they did this. They've sacrificed hundred a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand lives in a failed attempt to get rid of Putin. That, again, those people would never, those, all those people would be alive tonight. Think about that. And by the way, last time I mentioned to you, you got mass mandates back now in Pennsylvania, California, New York, Illinois. Of course, all, you know, governed by Democrats, but it's coming back, folks. And can I tell you something? And I brought this out to you in 2020 for people that have been around, you know, through all this. I started telling you about this in 2020. I started noticing in 2020, one health statistic, like, just disappeared. The seasonal flu. Every year, the seasonal flu kills between 30,000 people on a, on a good year, 80,000, 90,000 on a bad year. But 
it kills people, usually older people, people with pre-existing conditions, okay? The same people that die from COVID. But there hasn't been any seasonal flu, flu numbers in 20, 21, 22, 23. We're in 24 now. But they're calling it all COVID. It's the flu. And you know, people said, well, if you, if you call just the flu, people are going to die. Do you know how many people will be alive tonight? Again, more consequences. How many people will be alive tonight if they would have just treated it like what it ultimately was? A real bad flu where people just need to use. We, we knew this thing broke, I think if I remember correctly, the 20th of January, 2020. And I think by the 22nd of January, I was on this show every night warning you about the fear-mongering. And there was plenty of that. But also telling you who the vulnerable demographics were. 65 and over and or some kind of pre-existing health condition. Just for the record, that's the same demographic that's most at risk with the seasonal flu. And you got hospitals now in Wisconsin, North Carolina, Delaware, Washington State. They're all recording mass again. So they're back with the mass. Oh, you ready for another, another White House whopper? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, whether it's Lloyd Austin, I mean, whether it's the economic numbers, whether it's, you know, war numbers, whether it's the economy, whether it's immigration, this White House does not tell the truth about anything. Remember when they started talking about Hunter's art? He was going to sell his art. And Jen Pisaki, you know, Raggedy Ann, Circle Back Pisaki, who's got a little MSNBC show now, right where she belongs, I'm sure. She said, well, the White House has set up a, 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 a steel barrier that they put a full ethics package together. Hunter Biden will never know who buys his art, blah, blah, blah. Remember all that? Well, guess what? Comer's House Oversight Committee today had the art dealer who was selling Hunter's art in under oath today. And this guy's not going to prison for Hunter Biden, okay? Turns out that Hunter Biden knew everybody who bought his art. Matter of fact, the one who bought most of it, over 900,000 of it, was this guy, this Hollywood lawyer, Kevin Morris, who they call the Sugar Brother. To date, on top of the 900000 he paid for Hunter's art, he's given Hunter over $5 million in quote-unquote loans. Paid off a bunch of his IRS stuff, gave him a bunch of cash. Now, Morris is a long-time Democratic donor, okay? Hunter Biden never knew Morris until like a year and a half ago, or two years ago, when he first started giving him money. Uh, Hunt, uh, Kevin Morris is going to be before Comer's committee in 10 days. Now, he's an attorney. I can already see him claiming attorney, client privilege, and blah, blah, blah. But it, this is going to be interesting because this has been the guy that they've used to basically cover up as much as they could for Hunter. By the way, he's in... Uh, 
before a federal judge on Thursday, on Thursday, on his uh, latest indictments for uh, uh, the IRS tax stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, by the way, the rest of Hunter's art was all sold to, wait for it, I know this is going to be a shock, Democratic donors. Are you shocked? And he knew everyone. The whole, the whole thing of, uh, the whole thing of, uh, the White House has set up this ethics package. They'll never know who bought this. They just, every, just listen, assume this. Everything you hear from the White House is a bald-faced lie. And you know what? You're going to be right probably 99 times out of 100. All right. And before we, uh, oh, one, one other thing. Ray Epps got sentenced today. Now, Ray Epps is on, on video saying and doing a hundred times more than probably 95% of the January Sixers. Yet, they, he wasn't on the radar for two years. And when he did get on the radar, they hit him with some kind of a very light charge. And today he got, he got a sentence to 12 months probation, a 500-hour fine, and 100 hours of community service. Now, having done what he did, and we've got it all on video and audio, other J6ers would have probably got a 10 to 12 year jail sentence for that, prison sentence for that. So why did he get off so late? He was a federal asset of some kind, that's why. And, and, and if you don't believe me, go look at his sentencing documents. Oh, that's right. You can't look at his sentencing documents because they sealed them. Now, why would they seal his sentencing documents? Because in order to give him that kind of a light, sweetheart deal, whatever agency he was with, and if it wasn't the FBI, there's only 20 more intelligence agencies he could have been an asset of, okay? Military, DO, uh, 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 DC, there's, there's a lot of other ways he could have been involved in it. And he was an asset. Just know that. But here's the thing. The only way he could have got that sweetheart deal is in those sensing documents had to be the sign-off of whoever in the government he was working for because the whole justification for this by the judge who's been sentencing people for walking little old ladies walking through the Capitol three, six years in prison they, he claimed that Ray, Ray Epps deserved this light sentence because of his cooperation. Well, fine. Those documents would show who he was cooperating with, who was his handlers, all that would be in those documents. Oh, that's right. You can't see those documents. Probably never will see those documents because they've been sealed. By the way, he didn't have to show up in D.C. for sentencing. They let him, they let him uh, uh, do it from... Arizona by the phone. They didn't throw him in solitary confinement, beat him up, treat him like a dog for six months, keep him confined until perp walk him in the courthouse, in the courtroom to be sentenced. No, no, he's never spent a second in jail, never will spend a second in jail, got sentenced over the phone. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
All right. By the way, folks, we're all caught up. We ate the rest of that elephant. Can I say one thing? Just and, and just this is a personal comment. This is not. This is not spiritual. It's got nothing to do with God. This is just a personal comment. Okay. Last night, sadly, uh, cheaters proved that you know, cheating sometimes wins. Okay. Sorry to say that. Happens in life all the time. Sometimes cheaters win. I get emails all the time. Bill, Bill, well, you know, well, these, these these people, they hate God. But they, they, they get they get this, they get that. You know, hey, listen, you know, life isn't fair. We live in a fallen world, and sometimes justice doesn't come in this life, but it ultimately comes. But for the record, sometimes, sadly, cheaters win. University of Michigan is going to be crippled for the next probably five years because they were caught cheating, stealing signs, a big elaborate scheme for two seasons. They were, they're going to be sanctioned this uh, spring by the NCAA. Uh, the sanctions are going to cripple the program. My guess is the coach of the cheaters, Jim Harbaugh, he's going to go to the NFL because he's not going to stick around because it's going to crush the Michigan football program. They will be a mediocre program probably for the next five to six years because they're going to lose scholarships. There's going to be all kinds of sanctions. But for now, they won the national championship. They beat University of Washington. And sadly, it's uh, sad to see. But, yep, cheating sometimes does 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 win out. So, but listen, that's life. I know you see it in your personal life sometimes. People that you know are not honest sometimes. But in the end... In the end, uh, it never it never works out well if that's the way you're living your life. All right, before we get out of here tonight, if you never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. When this brief life is over, the only thing that matters is do you have a relationship with Jesus? And that's a choice only you can make. Just like each day people wake up and they have to decide, am I going to be an honest man or am I going to be a cheater? Well, the greatest decision you have to make is are you going to accept Jesus or reject him? Because when you take your last breath, that's going to determine whether you spend eternity in heaven or hell. That's not Bill Keller. That's not fear mongered. That's Bible. Okay, that's God's plan, not mine. If you want to make that decision for Christ, tonight, pray with me. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight, asking you to forgive me of all.